0: It's time for Silver and Black Today, Game Day. We're breaking down the Raiders' upcoming game and bring you in-depth analysis from National Football Insiders. Let's get the nation fired up. Here are your hosts,
1: Scott Gobranson and Mo Moten. Welcome back. It is Sunday. It is game day once again here in Las Vegas. The Las Vegas Raiders hosting the Washington football team. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to Silver and Black today, game day. I am Scott and As always, I'm joined by my good friend, Mr. Mo Moten. He is a senior NFL writer for Bleacher Report. And, Mo, we went through the Thanksgiving week. We had the long week. The Raiders had more time to prepare for this home game. They had time to heal up a little bit. Uh, this game today, later down at Allegiant Stadium, a big one for this team who suddenly, after that ugly three-game losing streak, finds themselves back in the playoff hunt, back in the race to try to end that drought of not being in the playoffs since 2016.
2: I don't know how many of these breaks I can take. I may have eaten myself <laughs> into the size of a linebacker. I just had 10 days off. I, I need something to do on Sundays uh, before the games. But yes, you're absolutely correct. Huge game, not a trap game as some fans <laughs> on social media would call it, which is a ridiculous take. Because both of these teams are in the playoff hunt. So how could you look at another team, even though they're in the other conference, as a trap game when they're also in the playoff hunt? It makes no sense. I'm not going to get into that because I'm going to get triggered. But (laughs) uh, I want to be excited for the game today. I think the Rays are going to come out swinging because they understand what they've gone through over the past two seasons. And they want to get rid of that stench of... Collapsing in the second half of the season, I think. I think we're going to see a tight game.
1: That's right. December is put up or shut up time, Mo. I mean, you cannot. You can't go into December. Oh, we'll lose one, win one, lose one. No, you have got to get a run together, and that's exactly what Washington has done. Uh, and 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 that we're going to talk about Washington later in the show. But Washington is on a run. They've now won three in a row. They're coming into Las Vegas hot. They believe in themselves. Uh, Heinke has done a great job at quarterback. Nobody gave him a chance to do that. They have really rallied around this team, and I know the Raiders have as well. The Raiders still basking in their turkey, blo- turkey bowl win, um, but th- I think that's the question is can, can the Raiders put those two games together? Fans should be hopeful And I agree with you. I think they will come out and play well. But until you see it, Mo, you can't be sure.
2: Yeah, you just can't be sure because, you know, it's been a season of streaks for the Raiders. They have won three, lost two, won two, lost three. They won won their last game. And you, you just hope that the streak continues on the positive side. But my problem, I said this last week, is that at this point in the season, your team has to have an identity. Mm-hmm. what is their blueprint to winning football games? And the Raiders are still rather inconsistent uh, in certain areas, and you just don't know what you're going to get from week to week. You know, I saw a stat where Derek Carr throws for over 300 yards. I believe they're 6-0. When he doesn't, they're 0-5. So there you go. I guess Derek Carr has to continue to be aggressive. I believe Kurt Warner came out and said it again recently. When Derek Carr is aggressive, this offense is humming, and whether Darren Waller is out there or not, hampered or not, uh, Josh Jacobs banged up. Deshaun Jackson dealing with a calf injury, he has to push the ball down the field with the weapons he has in place.
1: Yeah. And 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 the whole car conversation came up again, of course, because it has to. <laughs> uh-huh. Every it week. has to. <laughs> and I was triggered too, and and I and I and I, I definitely pissed off some guys that I like and consider friends and have been guests on the show. Cause Mo, I kind of railed against the whole stat culture. And what I mean by that is not that I don't think stats are important or that they help us understand the game. And I'm kind of a stat head. Like, I love to dive into numbers. I don't always talk about it here. I don't even write about it when I write stories on the website. But what I do is I, I, I constantly am looking at stats. I mean, I grew up first loving baseball, so you can imagine. It's all about numbers. But what I see in the conversation around the Raiders and I saw this week was about Derek Carr doing this and Darren Waller with this number and Max Crosby with that number uh, and things like explosiveness and things like the furthest passes downfield and he's, he's got the most passing yards in the league. And, and that's great. And I'm not, I'm not taken away from any individual accomplishments. But I don't care if you have the most passing yards. Are you the best team in the league? Uh, It's a team game. And yes, stats are indicative of how a team is doing. So you can talk about Derek Carr having the most passes downfield for the longest completions, the most yardage, right? That's fine. But how is he on third down? How is he in the red zone when they have to score points? How is it in scoring? So to me, and I'm not I'm not taking shots at Derek Carr here. I'm using that as an example. Because a lot of the discussion, and I think this comes from not winning for a long time, is Raider fans spent a lot of energy this week talking about how people need to go vote for the Pro Bowl. I could care less about the Pro Bowl if I'm a fan. If I'm a fan of the team and I want them to do well, I want them to win a Super Bowl, okay? In this case, if it's the Raiders, I want them to go to the playoffs and maybe, uh, I don't know, win a game in the playoffs, for the first time in this century, that that would be nice. Not in this century. I know 2002, I get it, but it's close. And so so that to me is why I was railing against that. And I think that that's the issue is that the Raiders did so well in so many ways on Thanksgiving and got that big win, Mo. But as we talked about on our show on Friday, um, that does not – at all excuse them or make us forget about those of us that are trying to be objective. That is we don't forget about the holes in the game and the things that have to be fixed. If this team is really going to accomplish something special.
2: Well, tell us how you really feel, Scott, (laughs) but uh, (laughs) no, I I get it. I get it. What you're saying. And I, and I get, I get both sides. I understand, you know, certain stats. I, I feel like not all stats are equal. Correct. Certain stats translate to, to wins more than others. And I just, Derek Carr has a great accomplishment that he's leading the league in passing yards. I will have it just add a caveat. He did play in three overtime periods, mm-hmm. so that inflates it a little bit. I'm not trying to take anything away from him, but I, can, I, th- I think all Raider fans would agree that you want to see him throw more touchdown passes. He's only thrown more than 28 touchdown passes in one season so far. He's at 17 right now. Yeah. So I- I'm just... Just putting it out there. I'm, I'm not saying he's not well, having a And Mo, season. Mo, Ty,
1: Tyler Heineke, who he's playing later today down at Allegiant Stadium, has more touchdown passes.
2: See, and this is what I'm saying, is that right. you, can, you can look at stats and be happy for stats, and I get certain stats translate into production and wins and things of that nature. I get it. But I think all fans, again, would agree to say they'll take the wins. I think Derek Carr himself would say, you know, the – Pa- being passing yards leader means nothing if, right. if the Raiders don't make the playoffs. He'll tell you that himself, he, and
1: he believes it. I agree.
2: Mm-hmm. So, and he's talked about even franchise numbers, like you know, passing certain quarterbacks, and you know, having the most fr- passing yards of franchise, and all this other stuff, all these other numbers. And he he'll say thank you, and I and he appreciates all of that stuff, but it would feel much more pleasing to him if. The Raiders get to the playoffs and get some wins. And and I think, again, we can all agree that that, that's the sentiment that we should all share about this team.
1: Yeah, there's there's no question. And I think that, that those honors and rankings in Pro Bowl, I mean, listen, I get it. Again, I've been a fan of a team before, so I understand it okay and so so i get it you want your team to get credit when they're doing well um, but back to your point and 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 you touched on a little bit in the beginning of the show about trap game when you haven't really done anything lately and your your the team you're playing is already qualified for the playoffs if the season ended today when you have not yes the division there is worse and the conference is worse so the record under 500 and yes they can they can be in the playoff hunt But to your point, though, I think that's what it comes down to is it comes down to winning, and it comes down to the fact that, look – you can be happy for your team and want your team and want people to look at you and say, Oh, you're a Raider fan. They're doing well. That's great. But usually that will come with winning. That doesn't, you know, if, if the Raiders don't make the playoffs, they don't say, Oh, but you got four guys in the pro bowl. Congratulations. You know, you, you know, that's not something you can use with your buddies when you're playing poker uh, at the bar or whatever you may be doing. And so, so that was my only point about it. But I do think that the Raiders have an opportunity to really flip the script. I mean, they they played well. They came back. They did what they had to do against Dallas, um, which is a very high-performing offense, put up 33 points on them. So the defense has got to short some some things up, Mo. But you have to be um, happy that this Raiders offense, especially with Deshaun Jackson, who's been a bit banged up, as we talked about, uh, and then, of course, Josh Jacobs, who, again, is banged up uh, for the umpteenth time. Um, You wrote a piece about Kenyon Drake. Mm Mm-hmm. And that he may be the X factor in today's game later down at the stadium. Uh, talk a little bit about why you wrote that about specifically about him and kind of the role uh, of of who of all these players, including Deshaun Jackson, in this offense for today's game.
2: I feel like we've been talking about can you drink for months now. We have some I- talk, <laughs> but um, it, it's just <laughs> maddening to me that he's in and out of the game plan. I know some people say, well, he's not the best pass protector, and that's why you have Jalen Rashard out there, and I get that. But you sign this guy to a two-year, $11 million deal, $8.5 million guaranteed until the third uh, day of the next season. Then it becomes fully guaranteed. He's not the best pass protector, correct. But use, his, use him for what he's good for. He, he, he's a pass catcher. He could spell Josh Jacobs out of the backfield. As he mentioned as many times as we have on this show, Josh Jacobs is banged up. You know, have him share some of the rushing workloads, split him out wide, put him in the slot, because the Washington football team, their linebackers a lot of times are on an island in coverage. And and Jamin Davis, who was a defensive rookie of the year candidate, not so great in coverage. Cole Holcomb, not so good in coverage. So if you get a linebacker one on one with Kenyon Drake, you have to take advantage of those matchups. And Derek Carr, one thing that he does very well, he spreads the ball and he finds those advantageous matchups. and I think he can use Kenyon Drake as well as Foster Moreau. To fill in, you know, if you if you have some issues pushing the ball downfield with your with your pass catching group. So again, Foster Moreau, a lot of people expect him to step up. I think he will have a bigger role. But Kane and Drake, I think is the guy being that what you signed him for what you brought him in for. You can use him on carries, you can use him in the passing game. I think he has to be the guy to uplift this offense today.
1: Yeah, no, I agree with that. And and but then again too, you heard Greg Olson on Thursday, the offensive coordinator, talking about more Mariota, right? We've been yeah. wanting that. Everybody's been asking for that. We saw a little bit of it against Dallas, uh, successfully, of course, with the touchdown that he ran. But at the same time, it, it always seems like you're wanting more. Now, I get as fans, you you know, we, we and, and, and even as radio host writers, we sometimes think we know better, right? <laughs> than, than these guys <laughs> who spent their entire career coaching right. football. Mm-hmm. At the same time, the Raiders have that depth of talent. And and I think this is where we get to and why you and I have talked a lot about and been frustrated with the Kenyon Drake piece is when you have these pieces, and yes, we're not at practice every day, we're not the coach, we're not watching the film. So if Kenyon Drake is not doing his his pass-blocking assignments and it's costing the Raiders significantly – I get that, but to your point, you can set up different packages so that you have a blocker in there, whether it's an extra tight end in Foster Moreau, when Darren Waller's out there. Of course, Darren Waller coming off the injury. We'll see um, how that goes. But nonetheless, you can use those packages to make up for that while not losing the plus side you get with a player like Kenyon Drake in as a pass receiver and as a runner.
2: Right, and really quick, I think you can use him like the inverse of Debo Samuel. You know how Debo Samuel is naturally a wide receiver, but they've they've been giving him the ball to to run it uh, over the past few weeks before he got hurt with a groin issue? You could do the same thing with Kenyon Drake in reverse. Like He's naturally a running back, but I think you could split him out wide and put him in a slot. Therefore, he doesn't have a blocking assignment. You just use his pass-catching ability to expose the defense if they have a weakness in the middle of the field, and I think that's what the Raiders should do today.
1: Yeah, no doubt about it. And that's what they have to do, uh, you know, with some of the injuries, with some of the inconsistencies they find on the offensive line. You have to create. You have to do things differently. And and I think that's where they, when they got into the lull, when they got into the three-game losing streak, and this happened when John Gruden was around too, is that they get very conservative, and they kind of draw back instead of being more aggressive. I think going out there, being aggressive as a play caller, being aggressive as a coach, um, the Raiders are not good on fourth down either, but I would like to see them in certain situations perhaps do that. They've got to score in the red zone. To me, that's going to be the most important thing that you see today against Washington is when, when the Raiders get the opportunity, and I feel like I'm speaking in a broken record here, they have got to score six. They even did it against the Cowboys, especially in that first half. They, they would get the ball in the opportunity, and then all of a sudden it's three instead of six. You cannot do that as you're heading into the playoffs.
2: Absolutely not. And I think, I mean, you talked about being aggressive, and I think that's what's going to benefit Derek Carr the most. Because I will say this. I know a lot of people are going to say, well, you guys don't like Derek Carr. I think Derek Carr is playing some of his best football of his career. Yep. And he's doing it while the Raiders are aggressive. And again, Kurt Warner has said this time and time again. When he is aggressive, the Raiders' offense is at his best. So push the ball downfield, regardless of who's available, who's nicked up, who's banged up. Push the ball downfield because Derek Carr has shown that he could be successful in that style of play.
1: Absolutely. All right. Well, we're going to step aside, take a break. Our first break. When we come back, we're going to play you a portion of our interview with the coin guy. Yes. Of course you guys have all seen this, right? I mean, Mo, you trust in the coin, right?
2: I hail the coin. Of course. Why
1: not? <laughs> hail the coin. So, so the coin guy, his name is Evan. We found him. Yes. And we interviewed him. We're going to bring you portions of that interview. Uh, this is the guy who's took a quarter and has correctly predicted every quarter Raiders game this season and he did this before the season started he has every game exactly right so we're going to bring you some of that conversation here on silver and black today game day you're with Mo Moten you're with Scott Colbranson you can follow us on Twitter at LV Gully is me at M-O-E-M-O-T-O-N Mo Moten is him and of course at SNB tonight Uh, For the show handle. We're going to step aside. When we come back, we're going to hail the coin and talk to Evan, the coin guy, here on Silver and Black Today Game Day, only on The Fan in Las Vegas.
0: Raider Nation is fired up. It's Silver and Black Today, Game Day.
1: Welcome back, Raider Nation. It is Game Day. This is Silver and Black Today, Game Day on the Bet 1140 or the Fan 98.5 HD2 in Las Vegas. Thanks for being with me. Scalco Branson, Mo Moten with you. And Friday night, we had, we played first our interview with Evan, the coin guy. You've heard about the coin Right? Hail all hail the coin, the coin that has predicted the Raiders schedule a hundred percent up until this time. Yes, a person posted this on Reddit during the preseason, and Evan, the guy we're gonna talk to, we're gonna play this interview for you, has been one hundred percent accurate with the Raiders at six and five. Every single game has been perfect. So we ran that interview uh and did that interview on Friday down on our Southern California show. And we got such amazing feedback. And I usually don't replay interviews because we do all new interviews here on the show. But this one had such huge interest from all of you out in Raider Nation. So as we get ready for today's game down at Allegiant Stadium in Las Vegas coming up just after 1 o'clock today, Uh, we wanted to play this for you uh, because you asked us to. So uh, for those of you who listen on the podcast, you've already heard it, uh, but for those of you listening to it on the East Coast, whether you're listening to us on our early morning show on 1140, The Fan, out on the East Coast, or if you're listening to us on 98.5, The Fan, here in Las Vegas, uh, here is the interview with Evan. This is all about the coin, And just a remarkable story about a Raiders fan who has predicted exactly the Raiders season up until this point. So you don't want to miss this interview. It's just fantastic. The guy is not doing it. He's not making money off it. Uh, But it really is fascinating. So please take a listen. Enjoy the interview. Uh, And Mo and I will climb back on with you here once uh, you've heard us talk to Evan. So here's Evan, the coin guy, the coin that has correctly predicted every single Raider game so far in 2021 hope you guys enjoy it here is Evan okay now we are going to go somewhere in the state of New York uh, and we're going to talk to Evan so this is the guy everyone's all hail the coin or trust the coin this is the guy who in some time before the season and we'll get the whole story flipped a coin for every Raiders game and has been accurate on every single game Evan, thanks for joining Mo and I here on uh, Silver and Black tonight. How you doing, buddy?
0: I'm doing great. Thanks for having me, guys. I'm real excited to talk to you guys today.
1: All right. So let's talk about this. You tell give us the background of the story. When you did this coin flip, we've all seen the picture that you posted on Reddit uh, Mm -hmm. back before the season started. And of course you've gotten some coverage of, uh, of, of this in some various online publications. Uh, Tell us, take us back to when you did this coin flip, how you went about it and why you did it. And then talk a little bit about your background as a Raiders fan.
0: Yeah. So starting off, I got uh, my background is a Raiders fan first, so I'm um, yeah, like you were saying, I'm from New York, and I've been I've kind of been a Raiders fan all all all, all of my life pretty much. I mean i gr- I grew up I grew up um following them as a child, and um I guess this whole coin thing started. I mean pretty much, I mean I was it was during the preseason, and you would start to see these um you would start to see you would start to see um these different websites that would post their um like uh, preseason odds or for like every game during the regular season, and so I was starting to think about that. So I would think to myself. Okay, like how could how could this season potentially go? Because if you think about it and like fans of different teams like at the beginning of the year during the preseason they always say, mm-hmm. "Oh, my team could shock the world. We can make a run. We're going <laughs> to do better than what everybody think." And so I thought to myself, "Okay, well, how could that feasibly happen? Like what could feasibly happen this year?" So what I did was I took a look at these at these odds that came out during the preseason game during the preseason and they showed them for every team for every game. And they would say like for the Raiders, they would be favored by three against the Broncos or something like that. And then, and then there would be down by six against the Chiefs, for example. So I, so when I, and then I found another website, which was able to take those odds, minus three, minus five or whatever, and convert that into percentages, like win percentages. Mm. So, and so, and then after that, what, what I, what I did found, found another website where you could take these percentages and then flip a coin based on what you want the percentages to be so for example you could say if for example if a team was favored by three that equates to about a 54 percent chance of winning so you would say for one coin flip you'd go okay heads has a 54 percent chance of happening and then you flip it and then if it's heads then the favorite team wins and then if it's tails then it would be an upset mm. and so then then that kept nice. going and i did that for every team for every game
2: Awesome. So, since you did that for every team for every game, would you say are the Raiders your most accurate prediction right now? Cuz I believe 3 weeks ago you said or you had an interview with someone that said about 27 of the 32 teams you've been really close. Are the Raiders your most accurate prediction so far?
0: Well, so the Raiders are like so the the yeah, the Raiders are the only team where not only has the act the record been accurate, every single game has been accurate as well. Wow. So I mean there are a few teams there are a few teams where I think for a couple of weeks ago, I did the calculation. Like the coin had predicted the bills by week eight to be five and two or something like that. Yeah. And their record was by prediction five and two, but they had lost to two teams that they weren't predicted to lose to, but they, and they had won against two teams that they weren't, that they weren't predicted to win against. So it evened out in terms of like predicting records. It was a pretty good prediction of that. But I mean, th- again, the Raiders were the only team that every single game has been right. And I think the, the closest team, other than that, was the Lions, and, I, and that was only true because I had, had them losing every game because they were they weren't favored they weren't favored <laughs> in any of their games. And I think, as a matter of fact, the first win by prediction was the Lions beating the Eagles, which didn't happen. But then the next week they tied the Steelers, so it was pretty close.
1: Wow, that's amazing. So now, so Evan, do you, is this something that, is this new for you this year or is this something in doing analytics and predictive stuff? Is this something you've done for a while?
0: So this, so this specifically is something that I've done just this year, starting to think about it this year. So, I mean, I have a little bit of a engineering and statistics background, so I've done a few things here and there, like with predictive analytics and for different sports teams. I remember when I was in college, one one of the projects I did was writing some code that would try to. That would try to, or that would try to predict, like which teams would get into the to the uh, uh, March Madness tournament. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I've done like pet projects like that, and this was the first time for this specific project It was the idea that popped into my head.
2: Evan, not to get you in any trouble here on the, on the air, but have you financially tried to at least financially capitalize on these point flips <laughs> Have you after you've seen the streak there's, of predictions going, going in your favor?
1: There's legalized sports betting in New Jersey. He can go down to we're, New Jersey.
2: We're, we're not trying to get any New Yorkers in trouble, Scott, but <laughs> I'm just, right. just curious. Just curious. Right. So – Right, so I
0: personally haven't done anything. I mean, hindsight's twenty twenty. I mean, you can go back and certainly, maybe I would have now that I now that I know. But um, at, at least in my at least in my view, like I've seen I've seen other people like since this coin thing has gotten a little bit of traction, other people have reached out to me with um with some messages saying like, oh, thanks for yeah, I won two hundred dollars because of you or blah blah blah, and <laughs> so things like that. I think there's one other person who posted on the subreddit after I did after the Cowboys game and he made like five grand or something like that. Wow. Which was I mean so he really he really went in there but I mean things like that I think in my view like seeing other people like be thankful for something like this like that's also that that's kind of good enough for me and also another thing that people have done not just for personal gain but some of the money that they've won they've actually donated to some, to some charities that's and awesome. that's another that's awesome. kind of mm-hmm. good aspect that's come out of this as well so That's where that's where that's what I think
1: about that. Now, that's great. Now, obviously, on Reddit, um, it gives you some anonymity, right? So you don't have to be out there and exposed. But have you been inundated with interviews? Have a lot of people been able to find you? Uh, I use Reddit all the time. So it was easy Mm -hmm. for me just to message you. But or has it not been as as busy as you thought it might be, especially with this Raider pick uh, situation, because it's just been all over the place that I've seen.
0: Reddit has been the one place where I've been posting this, so I think if, for people that have reached out to me, they've reached out to me through that. And I've done uh, this week in particular. I've done this is my I think my third call this week that I've been talking to other people with. So mm-hmm. I've, I've had I've had a few conversations with people, but I mean it hasn't been it, it's not like I'm taking time off of work to go <laughs> talk to five different people during the day. Yeah. So.
1: Well, it's it, it's amazing, and I know the Raider Nation has just climbed on board and just loves it, especially because you're predicting, in essence, that they would get into the playoffs. Uh, but mm-hmm. when you look at this as a Raiders fan too, um, and you see how how accurate it's been so far, are you then excited and feeling like, well, geez, you know, this the the, the odds are in my favor now because I've gone so far against the regular odds uh, that 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 your team, the team that you like that you follow, uh, is going to make the playoffs if 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 this does indeed stick true through the rest of the season.
0: Yeah. I mean, as a fan, it's, it's fun to follow. And I think to be honest, I mean, going back into the football aspect of things, I mean, this, the season with all of the, with the situations that have been happening, it's been, it has been easy. And I think a lot of people can agree with that. Um, But I think at least in my view, like with, regardless of whatever the predictions end up happening for after everything that's happened this season, I think, at least in my view, other people may think differently, but I think ten and seven with a wild card playoff berth would be a good reward at the end of the year after everything that's been going on.
1: Yes, especially Evan and I had them going nine and eight, so that would—I uh, mm. uh, mean, excuse me, Mo and I would ha- had them at nine and eight, so that would certainly be good. But Evan, listen, man, we want to thank you and, and congratulate you on the fun you've had with this and and how accurate we've been with it, and for spending time with us here on the show.
0: Yeah, no problem. Thanks for having me on, guys.
1: All right, Mo. Amazing. This guy, I mean, clearly he understands. Numbers just befuddle me. I'm not a math guy. But clearly he's got a background in it. And and that story and talking to him the other day, uh, really remarkable when you consider kind of the thought he put into it and the fact that he's been so right. And, And like you brought up, not just on the Raiders, which has been his most accurate, but also with some other teams
2: yeah and as as the kids would say now the math is thing for him right now <laughs> i have to go over to reddit and maybe take a peek and maybe uh, you know make some money because he is he is pretty much on point with what he's doing but you heard what he said he's this is basically what he's dabbled into before this isn't something totally new to him he's into the analytics and into the whole you know probability and chance thing so Kudos to him for, for picking that up and, and sharing it with the world.
1: Yeah, and it's interesting, too, because I think Raider Nation, I think especially some, during some of those dark days, uh, when when they lost the three in a row, that's where I started seeing Evan's uh, coin flip sheet kind of start to spread. It was like people were like, oh, yeah, we've lost three, but look at this guy. He's been right on every single game, and it shows us turning it around and going 10 and 7. So I think people found hope in it, as a Raider fan, and since Evan himself is a Raider fan, that really, I think, carried people through some of those dark days, especially after the Henry Rugg situation and after the three-game losing streak. It really helped people kind of galvanize and, and, and maybe have a little bit of hope, uh, hope against hope, if uh, you will, uh, because of what happened in the previous three years with those late season uh, just
2: collapses. Yeah, but let's be honest, Scott. People will take a three game losing streak if it means going ten and seven yes. and getting into the playoffs. Now, if it was a, now if it was a prediction saying the Raiders would go like, you know, six and eleven, then people are like, ah, I don't like the seven guy. But he's predicting <laughs> the coin is predicting that the Raiders go ten and seven, go to the playoffs. So you'll ride right with it if the if the results are positive overall.
1: Yeah, no question. And what's interesting here too, Mo is that he hasn't made any money off it. So he hasn't he hasn't taken his own stuff. And to your point, I know I know sports gambling in the state of New York is not legal yet. I know they're moving to get that done. But still, and he the fact that he's got people <laughs> messaging him saying, "Hey man, thanks. I just made some money off you." And some people donating to charity is really interesting, but you got to love it cuz he's just a guy who's into his football. He's a guy who's into odds and kind of chance to see how it works for more entertainment purposes. And I just that's why I like the story cuz he's not really Benefiting from it, other than yeah, he's doing like you said, he's doing a couple of radio interviews here and there. Uh, but like this is the first one he's done in Southern California or Las Vegas and out in Raider Nation territory, if you will, and uh, that's refreshing to me too because he's not just trying to capitalize and make a quick buck.
2: Yeah, in the day and age where everyone is about me, me, me on social media and getting attention. He he doesn't even want the attention. He's just like, <laughs> hey, I'm just out here flipping my coin and happy to be a Raiders fan. That you know what I think was going to happen. They're going to make the playoffs. So again, he's a, he's a man of the people, and he's yeah. helping people. He's helping people put money in their pockets. So uh, shout out to Evan. And as you know, as we've said off air, if the Raiders go ten and seven and get to the playoffs, he he'll be back to share his story. And I'm sure he'll be able to spread some more good news. He
1: will. And now I'm thinking. But now we're in the middle of a baseball lockout, so who knows if there will be baseball? By the way, horrible, horrible decision by both parties involved. <laughs> I know Major League Baseball locked out the players, but let's face it, the players are just to blame as well. Um, but now I'm, I'm kind of thinking maybe I should do this for my beloved Padres. I should, but it's 160 games. Yeah, I was gonna say you're gonna 162. many sixty two games? yeah, I could do that over a couple weeks, right? Just kind of slowly as we get through spring training, we'll have to see. <laughs>
2: you ain't got nothing else to do, just sit in oh. the corner. or flip a coin you know
1: yeah that would be that would be tough i didn't ask (laughs) him i'm assuming he used a quarter but i I, who knows he might have used a a penny he might have used a dime oh my gosh i don't know but raider nation's still loving it and still having fun with it the the hail the coin and the trust the coin and the images you're seeing out there somebody will put it on a t-shirt i'm sure um and make money and hopefully they'll send evan a little bit because he deserves it he deserves it (laughs) he does all right we're going to step aside for our final break when we come back silver and black today game day will roll on we're going to talk about today's matchup Raiders Washington football team Mo and I will give you our impressions of what we think will happen uh, down at Allegiant Stadium later today as well as some things to watch you're listening to silver and black today game day only on the fan and 1140 the bet here in Las Vegas don't go in
0: Silver and Black today, game day is on.
1: Welcome back. Silver and Black today, game day. We take you home. Of course, later this afternoon, the Raiders, the Washington football team in an important game for both the the Raiders now clinging to, back into, clawing their way back from a three game losing streak, beat the Cowboys last week on Thanksgiving, now in the playoff hunt in the AFC Chiefs coming up next week, so it's a big game for the Raiders. All right, Mo, we're, we're going to talk about Washington. Now, Washington coming in, three-game winning streak. They're playing well defensively. They're playing well, or I should say efficiently offensively, they're not going to knock anybody's socks off with their offense, but it's getting done with Tyler Heineke, a quarterback. They're getting it done on defense despite heavy losses, actually, with injuries. Um, What is it about this team, Washington, suddenly that they've turned it around and they're in the midst of a three-game winning streak, possibly four if they can beat the Raiders later today at Allegiant?
2: You just mentioned it, as it was last year when they had Alex Smith and a little bit of Tyler Heineke at the end. It's their defense, and as you said, they're doing it this without Chase Young. They're doing this without Montez Sweat, so that tells you that Jack Rio has his defense clicking on all cylinders. So the Raiders have to be careful because during their losing streak, the Raiders could not score what more than than twenty points. So if the, if the Washington Football Team can hold the Raiders under under twenty one, that gives them an even chance to win this game. So the Raiders have to push the ball, as I've said early in the show, because if they don't push the ball, they're gonna fall into the trap of of having to their defense to pull him out of a jam because Tyler Henneke is actually playing well. A lot of people don't know who he is. I remember watching him with the Minnesota Vikings run around during the preseason, but he can move in the pocket. He's pretty accurate, completing 67.2% of his passes. Also, Antonio Gibson is starting to get a lot of the load. I believe he had a shin injury at the beginning of the year. Now he's getting 20 plus carries. He's the, he's the mainstay in that offense. If the Rams cannot stop the run, he's going to be a problem.
1: Yeah, no, there's no doubt about it. When you look at the matchups, Mo's, let's start with the Raiders' offense and that Washington defense. Clearly, we talked about earlier in the show the importance perhaps in this game of Kenyon Drake and using him, Jason, Deshaun Jackson, who's been banged up a little bit, uh, Josh Jacobs running the ball as well. Derek Carr trying to stay on another hot streak and get over 300 yards to guarantee, quote-unquote, the Raiders <laughs> a win. When you look at the Raiders' offense versus this defense, um, what concerns do you have for the Raiders, and then where do they have big advantages?
2: What concerns me is that even though Derek Carr, even though the offense wrestling on Derek Carr's arm, they have to still force the Washington football team to respect the run. And that's hard because the Washington football team gives up the fourth fewest rushing yards league-wide. So they're not giving up much on the ground. So e- J- Jacobs and Kenyon Drake, they have to at least force Washington to respect the running. What I mean by that is maybe a safety drops in the box and they can open up matchups on the outside for Derek Carr in the passing game. What I do like about this matchup, offense versus defense, is that Derek Carr can pick apart their linebackers in coverage. Uh, Jamin Davis and Cole Holcomb both allowing more than 80% uh, 80 completion rate Mm -hmm. in coverage. So you can use Kenyon Drake, you can use Foster Moreau, you can use Josh Jacobs in the passing game to exploit those linebackers in coverage and pull out some yards and move the ball downfield.
1: Yeah, there's no doubt about it. And uh, it's one of those deals where I think that that this team, the Raiders team, looking at what's going on with Washington, of course, Washington has also had all the distractions that include, by the way, the connection to the Raiders through the John Gruden emails that came out through the Washington uh, investigation. And then you have this week, Robert Griffin, III came out or is coming out with his book, uh, called Surviving Washington, where he talks about medical mismanagement. He talks about sexual harassment, uh, which has been part of this investigation from the NFL overall. So, you know, we hear a lot from Raider fans when the Raiders aren't doing well, that the Raiders, had, well, they had all these distractions. Washington's had just as many, and they seem to be putting it together at the right time.
2: And yeah, on top of that, as we mentioned, they've they've also got injuries. And they don't really have... As I said, Antonio Gibson's had a shin injury. He's just starting now to come on. I know they have Terry McLaurin out there, but behind him, they don't really have any uh, consistent pass catchers. Logan Thomas, their tight end, has been on injury reserve. He just came back recently. So Tyler Henneke is not dealing with a full, di- full deck either. So I, I, it could be a low-scoring game. I could see this being 24-21 you know, either way. But both teams dealing with things this season and they're both still striving for the playoffs, which is interesting because this matchup is going to tell a lot what they're going to do for the rest of the season.
1: No doubt about it. And uh, yeah, you talked about Chase Young being out. You look at the Washington defense, too, Mo, and you talked about uh, and wrote about, as we mentioned, Kenyon Drake uh, in the in the passing game and running the ball and Josh Jacobs running the ball. Washington this year against the run, their top five um, in, in rushing yards allowed, uh, they've had trouble or done well with that. And so if you're the Raiders, you kind of have to get that short pass, that short passing game, you know, right after the Gruden resignation and they went to Denver for those first few games, they really did that short passing game really well. We talked a lot about it here on this show. Why have they got, what's your idea of why they've gone away
2: from that other than just flat out abandoning it? I think they don't want to lose the physical aspect of their offense because one mm. thing, when you run the ball, there's it's a more physical situation than if you're doing a short passing game because then you're working with pass catchers in space versus closed quarters where guys have the man on block or they're in a zone blocking scheme. So I think the Raiders still want to have some physicality to their offense, which will set up the play action because if you're just leaning on the short pass the game, that play action could go away, and Derek Carr, as we know, is great with play action.
1: Yeah, there's no doubt about it, and that's why I think they got to get that back in and some of those those short um, uh, screen passes that we saw, too, as well. And we talked, you mentioned earlier, kind of in passing, uh, a little bit about the Jack Del Rio situation with Derek Carr. It's one of those... Those subplot stories, I think that really only matters for Raiders fans and and for folks that follow the Raiders. I haven't seen a lot of it come out of the Washington media. Um, and our conversation on Friday night when we talked uh, with Matthew Paris from the Washington Times, he you know he didn't really talk much about it either. He, he he mentioned that there's been some conversation, but it's not a big deal. But certainly that motivation for Derek Carr is there. You want to beat your old coach always. But then when your old coach is taking some shots at you, uh, there's double motivation, right? And so you got to love that, that, that that's there. I think that I don't care how good you are as a quarterback or as a player in the NFL. If you have a little bit of extra juice, uh, you always seem to see that with players. Do you think we're going to see that with Derek Carr, even though he's downplaying it as much as he has?
2: If Derek Carr is the same type of Aries that I am, you know Derek Carr is born in March. <laughs> there's a competitive, there's a passionate competitive fire in him that he wants to be his old coach. But in connection to this, this is similar to what we're talking about right now. Deshaun Jackson on Thursday, they asked him, you know, what, why does he do so well against Washington? Why does he do so well mm. against Dallas? And he, and he basically flat out said, "Look, I get up." when I when I have to play my former team or teams that I'm in a division rival with I get up for those games he, he he said you know I take every game as an important serious game but when I have to look at a former team that let me go I want to make them play double for letting me go and I think with Derek Carr of course he's still with the Raiders but of course Jack Del Rio saying things making comments or maybe just ginning it up in, in the media that you want to beat that former coach and say look I'm better than when you were here coaching the right. Raiders. Now I'm an even better player, and I'm going to beat you in your defense. And I think, there's again, there's a competitive nature there that people don't often talk about.
1: You know, I'm also interested on the other side of the sideline, the quarterback, Taylor Heineke. Last three starts, he's earned a lot of money, a lot of bonus money. Um and he's he's kind of, I think, built himself into a guy who probably will stick around the league. I mean, if you think about this guy, he was on his sister's couch last December, <laughs> right? And he's come out and done this. And I think it shows, you know, a lot of people talk about, um, even in relation to the Derek Carr question, that you don't have to be... Aaron Rodgers you don't have to be Russell Wilson maybe that's a bad example right now uh, or you don't have to be uh, Patrick Mahomes to win in the NFL and to be a starting quarterback Uh, when you look at a a Taylor Heineke and what he's been able to do in, in a really rough situation what's kind of been behind that what why has this guy been able to walk in to that mess that has been the Washington football team and and perform at a level that helps
2: them win Well, he's a stabilizing quarterback. I wouldn't call him a game manager because, Mm. you know, over the last three games, five touchdown passes, one interception. And he's completing over 72 percent of his passes in that three game win streaks. And he can also move. Uh, He's a small guy, I believe about 6'1", 205. But he's tough to bring down when he moves outside the pocket. So, again, he's accurate. He can move. And those are two things that a lot of people look for in quarterbacks in today's league.
1: Yeah, they do. Now, Mo, we'll we'll end with this. Okay, Raiders win this game. What does it mean? The Raiders lose this game. What does it mean?
2: Raiders win this game. It means that a lot of Raider Nation could now stop being so skeptical of a full-blown collapse, maybe. (laughs) No, they they won't. Even after this win, 7-5, you still have to wait it out because you still got five games. But I think this win basically just builds some momentum and you go in the right direction, and you can got to get over some of the stuff that's happened early in the season A loss means that basically now you're going to have to do well within your division because you still have to play the Chargers, still have to play the Chiefs, still have to play the Broncos. You're going to have to win possibly all those games and still beat the Browns or Colts to get into the playoffs. Because as we said, you got to get to 10 to kind of feel safe about a playoff spot.
1: Yeah, no question. And I I like the Raiders' chances today. I think that they will come out and play well. I think they'll build – on what they did in Dallas. I think they got some of that confidence and swagger that they lost in the previous three games back. So it will be an interesting one to say the least.
2: Can't lose three in a row at home, can they? <laughs> I mean,.
1: They better not. I mean, that would be that would be really bad for them, uh, especially for Raider Nation, who's been complaining all year around too many visiting fans. I don't think you're going to see a lot of Washington fans at the game, by the way. They don't travel like they used to. uh, And currently, I I just don't see it. Maybe I'll be wrong. uh, But but I certainly think that that the Raiders, they got to start building some home field advantages, have to.
2: Yeah, absolutely. I, again, I, I think this is going to be another slugfest. I think this is going to be a game all about the defense. Mm. What is Max Crosby, Yannick Ngakwe going to do? Is Casey Hayward going to be able to shut down Terry McLaurin? On the Washington football team side, can they keep up their defensive uh, streak? That they've been holding teams under you know, under 20 points or so. So I think this is going to be a slugfest. Another slugfest with the Raiders and another NFC East team. Going to be a tight one. It's going to go field goal either way.
1: All right, there you go. You heard it right from, from Moe's mouth. He is Mostradamus. He predicts the future. He is not the coin, but he's he's, not pretty, the close. Coin he's, guy. he's pretty close when it comes to important things. So uh, we appreciate it. Mo. as always, man, we appreciate you joining us, and we'll talk to you next week.
2: Hopefully after rain. Appreciate you. All right, Mo's off to cover the
1: rest of the NFL. So he leaves me alone with you for the last few minutes. But uh, thanks to Moe. And of course, uh, thanks to all of you. A couple things, you know. I I think that this game today at Allegiant Stadium, the Raiders and the Washington Football Team, this is a big game in so many ways. You know, at this point in the season, you're in December. We talked earlier in the show about a team having its identity by now. I think the Raiders have parts of it. I think that after that three-game losing streak came to an end on Thanksgiving. They now have to establish kind of what are they going to be for the rest of the season, and they have to start it today down at Allegiant Stadium. They have to make a statement with this win. doesn't matter what they've been through. The Washington team's been through some crazy stuff, as as we talked about earlier as well. And so they need to win this game. And you heard the coin. (laughs) The coin says they're going to win the game. But I do think that the Raiders will do better today. I think that they need to focus on those key areas. They need to do better in the red zone. It's been a problem for three years, folks. You can use it as a negative against Derek Carr if you want. He certainly has some responsibility there. But at the end of the day, this coaching staff has got to get things together. This team has got to make the push that's necessary for a playoff-bound team in the National Football League. So I think we'll see that today. I think I think you'll see the Raiders respond. I, I have a positive feeling about this. I really do. I haven't had a lot of positive feelings. I didn't think they were going to beat the Cowboys, frankly. I really didn't. I thought it would be a close game, and it was, clearly. Overtime 36-33, it was a shootout. Even though the Raiders dominated the first half against the Cowboys. So so I, I, I have good feelings about today. I, I think the Raiders are going to do it. I think the Raiders are going to win another close game. I don't think the Raiders are going to blow anybody out at all. I mean, you have this game at home. you got to win it because then you're going to Kansas City next week. I'm not saying they can't win in Kansas City, but that's a tough place to play. It's always been a tough place to play for this Raiders team. So win at home. Take care of business in your own house. Raider Nation. Down at Allegiant, Lot J, Lot A, Lot B, on the Strip, wherever you're getting ready for game day. Because I know you guys are fired up. The grills are fired up already. People are cooking, drinking, having fun. So wherever you are you got to be loud today you got to have that home field advantage so many of you talked about fans buying or selling tickets to opposing fans you got to be in there it doesn't matter how many of them are there you got to be louder you got to be more intense and if i'm going to bet on anybody it's going to be on bet on raider nation right it's going to be a bet on raider nation so i think you got to do that and i think you will see that today from the raiders i'm taking the raiders i think they're going to win by six points. They're going to win by two field goals, even though I keep harping on the fact that they need to score six points in the red zone. I like the Raiders minus six. If I was doing the line, that's what I would put it at. Right? So this is where the Raiders got to turn it on, man. And then they got to go to Kansas city and win one, man. That would be huge for this team. If they want to win the AFC West or have a chance at it and start, start to really solidify a a contender spot in the AFC for the playoffs. So, We'll think we'd do that. But listen, I want to thank everybody for listening. Make sure you subscribe to this show. Of course, you're listening to it right now on the Odyssey app or you're listening to it over the air. But make sure you subscribe to our podcast. You can go to silverandblacktonight.com. That's our website. There you'll find all the old shows, but you can also find the links to subscribe, whether it's Apple Podcasts, whether it's Spotify, whether it's Google Podcasts, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, wherever you get your stuff, you can find it there. Subscribe and do us a favor, if you please, would give us a five star rating. It helps us. We appreciate that as always. I know Mo does. I know I do. I know the station does. So please do that for us, uh, and we'll be forever grateful. Also, make sure you follow us on Twitter. I am at lv gully. He is at m o e m o t o n mo moton, and our show handles at s n b the three letters s n b tonight. Yes, we're today in the morning, but we also have our tonight show that you can listen to on Friday nights, by the way, six PM Pacific on the Mightier 1090 down in Southern California. So make sure you do that for us. We would certainly appreciate that. And we appreciate you as always listening to the show. So for Momo and for everybody here at the Bet1140 and 985 fan the fan in Las Vegas, thanks so much for joining us. And also on my way out, I have to wish my lovely wife Ellie. A happy birthday. Today is her birthday. She loves that she shares her birthday with Walt Disney. So uh, we go on. No Mickey Mouse performance, though, by the Raiders today at Allegiant Stadium. Enjoy the game today. We will talk to you next week. Same time, same channel, and hopefully the same result. Okay, Raider Nation, enjoy yourself down at Allegiant Stadium. Enjoy the tailgates. Drink one for me, but do me a favor. Do not drink and do not drive. They don't mix, so we certainly appreciate that. All right, everybody, take care. Enjoy the game, and we'll talk to you next week. Raider Nation right here.